Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 102. Brought to you by the fine folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow my work at BleedingGreenNation.com. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow his work for thedraftnetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, how you doing, brother? Mike, every day is a good day to be alive. Thank you so much for asking. It was supposed to be a three-person podcast today, or I really, I should say two-person plus K-9 podcast today, but it will not be. The next podcast we do will be that. Got delayed today. Um, But... Everything is very well. I'm very excited. How are you? I am doing very well, and I'm also very disappointed to hear that you don't have the doggo yet today. We are on full puppy watch with Benjamin Solak. Unfortunately, that day is not today. I would have loved to have met the little fella. It's a girl, right? You're getting the girl that you showed me? Yes, that's that's the that's the game plan. Her name is Ruby. She's adorable. Uh, we're getting her later. This We're recording this on Thursday morning. We're getting her Thursday late afternoon in the evening. Uh, and so hopefully this will come out. People will hear. People will get excited. But we'll be able to have a picture of her, well, a picture of her in the new house and say hello to, uh, to the internet by the end of the day. Yeah, we were supposed to get her yesterday, um, but then things got delayed and pushed back, which was great because uh, my fiance worked the overnight shift. And so she was mm-hmm. up at two and she wanted to go to bed. And I was like, no, no, no like, they're going to call. Don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. They're going to call. And we kept her up a lot later than she wanted to be kept up. She, she's not my biggest fan right now, but the dog will fix that. We'll be okay. <laughs> so puppy watch continues late into the night thursday we'll let you know if anything happens ben let's talk about what we're going to be talking about today it's not about puppies it is about the nfc east so recently what i did was i wrote an article for bleedinggreennation.com and this is going to be a three-part series that i do because special teamers are people too but we're not going to do special teamers today we're going to do offense and defense we're going to build a dream team for the nfc east oh Maybe call it something else. (laughs) So, again, I've already done the offensive side of the ball for BleedingGreenNation.com. Go look at that article if you would like. I have not put the defensive side of the ball up yet, and I still have some decisions to make. So, hopefully, Ben will help me work through this process because the defensive side of the ball was definitely harder, especially when you get into the secondary than the offensive side of the ball. So, again, we're building the dream team. We're going through all the positions. We're going through left guard, right guard. We're going through ZYX receivers, you know, all that stuff. So, let's get into it, Ben. Mm -hmm. Quarterback. I mean, we already kind of did the Dak Prescott versus Carson Wentz thing on the Kiston Solak show, Eye on the Enemy, episode 101, where we previewed the Dallas Cowboys outlook, and I went on that little little bit of a rant 
I don't think they're in the same tier. I still think Dak is a starting quarterback that you can win with. But I think Wentz, you know, and again, I'm not a doctor. I think Wentz, when healthy, is definitely in a higher tier. And, you know, you see guys like Daniel Jeremiah today posting, you know, his top offenses in the league. And Philadelphia is up there at number two. The hype around this offense is real, and it's for a reason. And like I said before, it's hard to find a credible analyst that really studies quarterbacks that would put Dak ahead of Wentz on just terms of pure talent. That's what it circles back to for me. Is like if you're going to make this pick Dak and not Wentz, you've got to justify it. Whereas you can make it Wentz and not Dak and really nobody would be like, hey. Yeah. (laughs) So like that, that kind of tells you at least what the consensus pick is. And it's not the case that the consensus is always correct. I'll never claim that. It's just, you know, clearly right now the majority is on Wentz. Yeah, I don't think anybody outside of Dallas media is pounding the table for Dak right now unless Mm -hmm. you bring the argument of health into it, which is totally understandable. So our quarterback on this NFC East Dream Team are kicking it off with Carson Wentz, the Eagles franchise quarterback. Let's go to running back. And this is the one where I really got some kickback, again, only from Dallas fans. And it was for me putting Saquon Barkley ahead of Ezekiel Elliott just one year into his NFL career. Now, Zeke does have a case. He's been absolutely productive over the course of three years there's some off the field stuff going on there but we're not really counting that for this and one of the things I did recently was I took a look at and we talked about this with Saquon when we did our New York Giants eye on the enemy was the differential between explosive play frequency and frequency of runs that go for zero or negative yards so I looked at this through the past three years as well not just for Saquon one back in the NFL has a higher explosive run frequency than a zero to negative run frequency with over 300 carries. That is Alvin Kamara. No other back has a positive differential. He's at plus 3.9%. That's a wild stat. Yeah, it's insane. Le'Veon Bell is second with negative 1.4. So it's not even close with Kamara. And then third is Ezekiel Elliott at negative 1.7. So what you're seeing from that is a guy that is going to bust off some runs from you and that is also going to be consistent in not taking those losses. And I think that Ezekiel Elliott is that steady Eddie back. You can kind of put the offense on and kind of ride out with him. But Saquon Barkley is just special right and would you argue with me putting Saquon over Ezekiel Elliott no no (laughs) Elliott's a very good player Saquon Barkley's a different cat this isn't the same with Carson and Dak where like if you pick Saquon it'd be fine and Elliott you'd have to justify Elliott's had a very productive and tremendous career Elliott's a top five back in the league there's no doubt about that like we're basically you know we've got Gurley Kamara Barkley Elliott David Johnson slash Le'Veon Bell so maybe six is the tier we should be looking at, not necessarily five. But like you've got those yeah. guys, and with those guys with with receiving ability and with big play potential, you should be very happy with them as your starting bell cow back. And really, those are the six that I look at, and I say, okay, that's that's a true bell cow right there, and that's a guy I want getting twenty plus touches a game. So either way, we're not, you know, nobody is is worse off for having Elliott over Barkley. It's slightly different in terms of what you execute and why the play style is going to be a little bit different. You're going to take a few, uh, probably a few more lumps with Barkley in terms of the bad plays. You're going to get a few more ridiculous plays as well. But Barkley has a, a, a special talent, a special athletic ability that Elliott does not bring to the table. That blue chip trait is very exciting. We've already seen Barkley translate to the NFL level. Now we expect him to get better. I think he's already at Elliott's level and he's got a much better you know higher ceiling projection moving forward so Barkley was the same pick for me it was not easy but Barkley yeah yeah you had to kind of think about it but I think Barkley is the easy choice also you you know Wendell Smallwood's in that mix you gotta you know make sure you give him his due as well I totally forgot about him we gotta tear this whole thing down I gotta do the whole article again by the way if Wendell Smallwood makes a team again I'm gonna be furious anyway go ahead (laughs) gonna be incensed 
I'm going to be incensed. You bring in two running backs to Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. And you still keep and four. St- and the fourth is Wendell Smallwood. Like, the, the, it sounds laughable, but it's not because it could happen. He's not even a returner. Like, what is he? Bring? <laughs> That's He's not even a running back, Mike. Let's start there. <laughs> So let's go to wide receiver. I'm going to do this in a group of three because we got a lot of positions to get through. So what I did was I split it up through X, Z, and slot. So X receiver, the guy t- uh, tethered to the line, going to deal with a little bit more press. That's your bigger body type wide receiver. I went with Alshon Jeffrey there. For the mm-hmm. Z receiver, the guy that you can move around more in motion is going to be off the line a little bit. That's your separator. That's Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. I don't even think that's close with the other Z receivers uh, around the league. The only argument I think I would have there is Deshaun Jackson, who can be a better deep threat. But really, when you look at the numbers, Cooper is is producing at a high level and fixed a lot of the things that has been a bugaboo in his career, like his hands, drops his drop pass rate from 20% and 17.2% to 5.7% in 2018. That was the major thing holding him back the year before. He kind of cleaned that up. We'll see if that sustains itself over a long period of time. My slot receiver, and I had a difficult time with this one, I went with Golden Tate over Nelson Aguilar and the rest of the guys. And here's the thing, I'm projecting Sterling Shepard to see more outside reps with Tate in the building. Right, that's the tricky thing. Yeah, so I didn't necessarily include him in there, but I went with Tate as my slot. So Cooper, Jeffrey, Tate is my wide receiver trio if I'm building Mm -hmm. my dream team. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I think if you do like, all right, there are 12 starting receivers in the NFC East. Now take who you want and put them at the positions. Then Golden Tate becomes your best starting slot, right? I'm not sure if he gets predominantly slot reps for the Giants, just with Evan Ingram and with the current wide receiver room they have. I'm not sure. That's the tricky thing. Like Cooper probably will take more snaps on the line than he will off the line, right? Now he... Uh, models as he's great at getting off press but he models as a z because of the route running ability because of the explosiveness but he'll probably like you know be an x for the cowboys so it is tricky um i do think yeah probably the the best three wide receivers you could put together x z and slot from the the 12 starters are tate cooper and and alshon that's one that probably makes the most sense those are probably your three top guys i agree Mm. with you in the sense that i'd love to find a way to sneak deshaun in there but yeah like Tate's such a prototypical slot and Cooper is very much so a successful and dynamic Z. I mean, he plays the X for the Cowboys very well. And so it's uh, Jackson's definitely four. He's definitely, I think the, the fourth receiver there. And then I think there's a, there's, there's a, a drop off after four, right? Then yeah. you're in like Sterling Shepard, Nelson Aguilar, Michael Gallup, young Josh guys Doxson. who probably aren't that good, right? Paul Richardson, you know, it's just, yeah. You know, and, and it's worth noting, we've now ripped through almost all the skill positions. We're going to get the tight end, and we're not going to turn out a Washington Redskin. And that trend is probably going to continue as we go through this thing. So that's for our the wide whole receiver group. offense. For the entire offense. I really can't. You can only make one argument, and, and it's not really even a good one. Uh, tight end. Let's go to tight end. The Eagles, I mean, I could probably put both. Could I put Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard? As the top two, like if I were picking a 12 personnel offense and I took slot out of it, could I go 12 personnel with the Philadelphia Eagles, Zach Ertz, and Dallas Goddard? Uh, Excuse you. The Dallas Cowboys have a Hall of Famer, Jason (laughs) Witten. As Jeff Cavanaugh pointed out. (laughs) Um, I mean, yeah, like not Jordan Reed. Not not with how he currently is. Like Vernon Davis is still good. Yeah. Goddard's probably better than Ingram right now. I mean, yeah, he's up there. So it's a discussion, but nobody touches Zach Ertz. You set records for your position. You are a lock. Zach Ertz, one of the best tight ends in league right now, an elite route runner. So I don't think there's much of a discussion there. The discussion is about tight end, too. Who do you want to go with? BGN listeners, hit us up. 
Is it Dallas Goddard? Is it Vernon Davis? Is it Evan Ingram? Yeah, I'm sure all of our Eagles listeners will be like, yeah, Vernon, Vernon Davis, for sure. But then other people will see it, and then other people will get mad. Let's upset other franchises, fan bases with how Mike good is just are. doing anything for interaction right now. Anything, <laughs> anything for the clicks. Uh, do you think Eagles fans know that I don't think Zach Ertz is the best tight end in the league? Do you think Zach Ertz is the best tight end in the league? I don't. Okay, me neither. We don't have to go into any more detail than that. Really? We don't want to talk about Travis well, okay. Kelsey or George, George Kittle? Right, so those are the top three. If those aren't your top three, you're wrong. How would you rank them? <laughs> Very quick. Dude, you said Kittle top one the other day. Now, here's the thing. I'm willing to explore that, and I've been watching some Kittle lately, so I haven't fully graded him yet or anything like that. I'm going to say it's a serious conversation about George Kittle as Listen. the top tight, tight end in the NFL. Like, it's it's a mm-hmm. serious one. And I'm not going to tell you he doesn't benefit from Shanahan in the offense, because sure. he does. But it's worth noting, it's not like Shanahan was out here scheming great tight end seasons every season he was an offensive coordinator. No, 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 no. He got Kittle, and he was like, well, snap. Looks <laughs> like I'm going to have to build out some new things for this fella, right? Like, Shanahan's a good designer, but it's not like he was always doing great stuff with tight ends. So it, there is... A lot intrinsic to Kittle in terms of his explosiveness, uh, his just long speed, and then his physicality in the open field that makes you really want to get the ball in his hands, especially. And this is what makes him, I think, different than like Zach Ertz. Ertz, you want to get him the football, right? You, you want to throw him, oh, you know, like they throw him little uh, intermediate routes and little set routes, little curl routes, you know, whatever. Ertz is very good on covering, good leverage. We all know that Ertz does not break tackles. Kittle... Unlike yeah. most tight ends in the league is a guy you want to get the ball while he's moving in space, which yeah. is not regular. It's him and Kelsey are the only two tight ends that are really like consummate good tight ends who that's true of. You could say it's also true of like, you know, John U. Smith for the Titans, but John U. Smith is also bad at a lot of stuff. So like it doesn't really right. matter. You know what I mean? George Kittle. Can I throw this set out to, out there for you just to highlight your point about yards after catch? Yes. Next Gen Stats has been doing this thing called expected yak. Yeah. X yak. For the last three years, they've done 2016, 2017, 2018. Based on all the data that they have on the play, they basically come up with a number of how much yards after catch a player should get once he once he catches the ball. In the last three years, nobody out of wide receivers and tight ends, so throwing wide receivers in this too, nobody has a better year for plus minus the differential for yards expected versus yards gained after the catch than George Kittle, plus 3.2 healthy that's insane to put that into context yeah every time every three catches he picks up a first down that no one else would have picked up (laughs) essentially right right. yeah every every three catches he picks up 9.6 extra yards than another (laughs) average nfl player who would have gotten his targets at his at his depth you know wherever he was with defenders near him whatever so every every three catches instead of being at the 40 or at the 30 yeah might be good might be good might be helpful. Watch his watch his big plays. Watch his yards after catch runs. They're they're incredible. Big man is a moose that can move. Man, healthy young man. <laughs> he is spry. I was a big fan of his coming out of uh, Iowa, and he was a dog as a blocker and a projection as a receiver. And mm-hmm. boy, did he blow that projection away! I thought he it was, was high on him. My last day three grade or excuse me day uh, around three grade which is awesome because i can say i had a day two grade on george kittle meanwhile he was like 0.04 points ahead of being a day three player yeah I had a day two grade on him <laughs> and you were probably high on him i mean that's around where i had him and i was quote unquote high on him we, nobody was high enough on kittle okay let's move it on to left tackle 
Tyron Smith, man. Does Trent Williams, Jason Peters, can they contend with him at this point? Tyron's a beast. I think he's fully back healthy. Like, he's crushing it. That's the dude, right? I would argue that, yes, Peters can, but it's also Tyron Smith. Okay, um, okay. I think, I think it's easy for us to, to like, you know, because Peters has been injured and banged up, and we've been, like, bringing Vitae in to just forget that, like, Peters is, 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 is a dominant left tackle. who's a top five left tackle in the league the same way that Smith is. I still think it's Smith. Um, but, like, there was, you know, Smith was banged up last year. And, like, you know, Cowboys fans are getting frustrated with him the same way Eagles fans are getting frustrated with Peters. So it's our closeness to it that I think throws it off a little bit. But it is still Smith. I mean, Smith's best left tackle in the game when he's healthy. Let's go left guard where it's a little, it's a little tough. No. I, <laughs> Isaac Ciamalu, Eric Flowers, Connor Williams, and Will Hernandez. I went with Hernandez because I think like dealer's choice <laughs> coming into this year. I think he's got the best projection based on what he did last year going into this year. Cause I mean, it ain't flowers. I wouldn't pick flowers at all. And the thing is like, they don't even want flowers to be the starting left guard. They want it right. to be somebody else. It's just like, yeah. he's listed there right now, which is so depressing. Like if he, yeah. if you can't beat out Eric flowers at left guard, who Nelly, that's the problem. <laughs> you might not be an NFL player. Yeah. It's, Funny, because if you put Wisniewski into this, so you did this a year ago, I would have made the case for Wisniewski. Now Wisniewski's been replaced by Sam Malo, who yeah. we thought, you know, a little bit rocky beginning, but he settled in. I'm not sure I want to make the case for Sam Malo yet. I still think he's like a replacement level player and everything like that. So it's odd. Like the Eagles replaced Wisniewski with Sam Malo and it went fine. But still, like in the context of this conversation, my gut instinct is that like Sam Malo's not... I wouldn't have been as willing to pound the table for Sam Wallace as I would have for Wisniewski. I still don't think I would have taken Wisniewski over Hernandez slash Williams, but I would have been more willing, I think, to make the case. Uh, I think it's I think it's closer between Williams and, and Hernandez than yeah. oh, you're giving a credit for. Hernandez played well. Williams played up and down. I think Williams transitioning from tackle to guard is a big part of that process, right? Obviously, he's learning how to play on the interior after playing at Texas exclusively on the outside, whereas Hernandez just slid straight from left guard to left guard. Um, and also Hernandez has the added advantage of having that ridiculous size, um, which is a good way to have a high floor when you translate. Williams got to learn a little bit more, got to grow a little bit more. I don't care. Um, <laughs> Hernandez or Williams, take your pick. They're both yeah. rookies who I think have some promising flashes. It's probably Hernandez. Um, but Williams deserves, like I had a first round grade on him at tackle. They're moving him to guard. That's fine. Yeah. But I think he's a good player and I think he's going to take steps forward. So he's still a guy to watch. Is like, I expect him to be good for the Cowboys for, for his career. All right. And then center to right, we've got Jason Kelsey at center is what I have. Obviously, Travis Frederick can compete for that if he is back fully healthy. Unfortunately, had that thing, that health issue going on with him, that Guyon Bayer syndrome, I believe it was. I'm not sure. I'm not... Guyon Bar. Guyon Bar. Is that what it is? Yeah. You need to watch more house. Why is it? Why is it got the little accent over the E? What does that mean? How should I pronounce it? Oh, maybe, like maybe, maybe there is actually something. I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you knew Time French. for Google. <laughs> maybe I need to watch more house. Well, you do that. I had, uh, so Jason Kelsey at center at right guard. That's where it gets really tough because you're talking Brandon Brooks, who is returning from an injury. Brandon Scherf from Washington. Kevin Zeitler uh, could be a challenge there for the Giants. They traded for Zeitler. Zach Martin, though, still my right guard. I mean, guys like one of the best guards in, in, in the game. That's super deep compared to the left guard position that we just went through. And then at right tackle, I mean, Morgan Moses, Lyle Collins, Mike Remmers. <laughs> nope. Lane Johnson. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that Mike Remmers laugh was funny. Okay. According to uh, Emma Saying, which is the YouTube account where they just say things, mm. it's not even close to anything either of us were saying. So <laughs> they actually pronounced the L's. She did, which I do not trust because I thought this was French. But regardless, wow. we all know I cannot be trusted around French words. 
Center is Jason Kelsey. Kelsey is the best center of the game when he's healthy. When I shouldn't even say when he's healthy, he's been healthy the past two years. So yeah. Kelsey's the best center of the game. Zach Martin at right guard. To me, it goes Martin Scherf Brooks. Yeah. I don't. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I cannot say I've watched enough Kevin Zeitler to really place him. I know people like him. I know he's good. I, I But Brooks, Scherf, and, and Martin are all great. And I don't really yeah. know where Zeitler is. Didn't watch enough Cleveland Browns offensive line. It's on me. But it's, to me, Martin, I think Scherf is a better player than Brooks. But they're both really talented guys. They're both tackle-sized dudes just hog-balling it up. And then right tackle is Lane Johnson. It's the easiest one in the entire line. And yeah, that, that's a good point on Sightly. I really haven't, because he hasn't been in the the division and we haven't had to done a right. bunch of previews against the Browns. We haven't really played them since Wentz's rookie year, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, first game. We haven't really run across their film that much. So uh, I'll give you that. I think Sightler will be good, though. Let's let's move it over to the defense after the break here. Here on Bleeding Green Nation, the Kiss and Solex show. Episode 102, let's recap real quick the offense here. Let's just run through it. Quarterback, Carson Wentz. Running back, Saquon Barkley. We've got our wide receiver trio of Alshon Jeffrey, Amari Cooper, and Golden Tate. Then our tight end is Zach Ertz, and then maybe Dallas Goddard when we go 12. We'll talk about it. Left tackle, Tyron Smith. Left guard, Will Hernandez. Center, Jason Kelsey. Right guard, Zach Martin. And right tackle, Lane Johnson. When we come back. Here on the Kissed and Solak Show, we'll be talking about the defensive side of the ball for the top players at each position in the NFC East. We're building a dream team, baby. We'll be back right after this. We are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 102, brought to you by the five folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak. We're talking NFC East dream team, building it, building a winner, championship team. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with the defensive ends. I'm not going to discriminate between left and right, even though I really could, because Brandon Graham switched from the left to the right last year after the Derek Barnett injury, which was not usual for him. Wait, so we're not discriminating? No, but we could anyway, because Brandon Graham switched to begin with and shown he can switch and be effective. And we're not switching. Brandon Graham is not my top two. Ooh, is it Kerrigan? It's Kerrigan. Yeah. DeMar- Demarcus Lawrence and Brandon Graham, I think, are mine. Remember, I ha- this is the one that I have not written yet, so I can be swayed. By a persuasive argument. However, I do feel that Kerrigan is a Hall of Famer. So possibly it is Kerrigan. Listen, I'll, Brandon Graham is a. Is, no one's going to argue that Brandon Graham is a fantastic player. All right. Yeah. Uh, you're not, you, I will not get anywhere close to the argument Brandon Graham is the man. <laughs> Kerrigan has started all 16 games yeah. of every season he has played in for eight seasons. He has hit double digit sacks. In four of the last five seasons, and the season in which he didn't, he got 9.5. He has at least two forced fumbles in every single game he has played. He has, or every single season he has played. I was going to say, wow. Yeah, he he has never had less than 7.5 sacks in a season. Ryan Kerrigan has played eight years in the league and has averaged 10.5 sacks per season. Yeah. And he's an Iron Man. So (laughs) you, you take Kerrigan right now. He's right now. This is he. He's thirty. He's gonna be thirty-one when he plays this year, which I believe Brandon Graham is also gonna be. Brandon Graham's gonna be about thirty-two. Thirty? No, he's thirty-one. He turned he's thirty-one. Gonna 31. In April. He's gonna be thirty-one. But to recap, Graham has only had more than seven point five sacks once in his career. It was twenty seventeen. Yeah. Kerrigan has done it eight times in his career out of eight possible seasons. Now Graham has only been a starter. For the past four seasons, 6.5, 5.5, 9.5, and 4. And as we know, pressures are also a big part of Graham's game. But you can't sit there and tell me 
you would not like to add 10 and a half sacks, <laughs> take it to the bank, easily predicted. There's no doubt he's getting double digit sacks Yeah, every year opposite Fletcher Cox. In this case, opposite Demarcus Lawrence and also Fletcher Cox. But I just objectively speaking, Kerrigan's a more productive player. And film-wise, they're both comparable. They're both excellent rushers. They're also quite similar rushers. They're a little bit not 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 smaller guys, but they're a little bit squattier guys. Kerrigan is is listed six four. I don't think he's six four. Who win with with a lot of power? They convert speed to power really well. They have a, a one arm long arm, and they have a, a a forklift move to be able to soften that outside edge. They got some similarities to them. Kerrigan's the one who turns out sacks. So for the Kiston Solak show purposes, we're going to plug in Ryan Kerrigan at defensive end number two. I'm not saying I don't disagree with you because I still got to get this article out and I need some mystique. We'll see. I'll lay out the arguments. So we'll go with Demarcus Lawrence and Ryan Kerrigan. Washington finally on the board after a long drought. Let's go interior defensive line. Again, not discriminating between one tech and three tech, mainly because Fletcher Cox can line up wherever the hell he wants and be productive. And I'll go with Fletcher Cox as my interior defensive lineman. Number one. Like Fletcher Cox is not in my top two. No. Took a big risk. Took a big risk there. There'd be a lot of projection involved with that one. Interior defensive lineman number two. It's between Jonathan Allen and I think Dalvin Tomlinson and Malik Jackson. Give me the guy with sacks, so get Dalvin Tomlinson the heck out of there. Then it's between Jonathan Allen and Malik Jackson. And if I have to play him for three downs, I think I have to go with Jonathan Allen. What about you? Just because the run defense for Jackson was so bad last year. I think that's an under. He's going to be a, a great pass rusher, but he did not defend the run at all. Yeah, it's Jonathan Allen for me with with a lot less hesitation. Jackson's a good player. Tomlinson is, is good at yeah. his role. The other guy who deserves mention, just because he's interesting, is BJ Hill for the Giants. Oh, yeah. But Hill is fascinating. Hill played interior uh at nc state rookie for the giants in the three four he's kind of playing like a big end of four technique five and a half sacks playing time grew every single week really really solid for them but allen is his, an elite player who's drafted would have been a top half of the first round if not for some injury concerns obviously those were borne out in his first year he got injured but his sophomore season was really really strong you expect him to get better jonathan allen is is, is is to me the easy pick monster front four demarcus Lawrence, ryan kerrigan fletcher cox and jonathan allen is your front four. It's monster in terms of like it's effective, but it's also, yeah, like just huge. Like it's just big yeah. boys. Like everybody there is 260. <laughs> like Lawrence and Kerrigan are both 260. Right. Fletch yeah. and Allen are both over 300. Like it's healthy. So you got some big boys. Let's get some big boys to fly around at the linebacker position. This one, is it both Cowboys? Linebacker one, linebacker two? Because we're going nickel as starters. Yeah. I learned when I was doing this, the uh, linebackers in the NFC East suck. They're uh, bad. Um, except for the Cowboys. The Cowboys have two really good ones. Uh, that's, and Bradham doesn't suck, but Bradham is not at Jalen Smith or, or Van Der Esch level. And then the Giants and right. the Redskins just have no one. You're not gonna like Ruben Alec Foster, if I knew he was healthy slash allowed to play. You know what I mean? Like, right. That's a conversation. Foster's yeah. the man. But even He's then, excellent. like Van Der Esch is locked in, and then it's between Smith and Foster. So we're going to have LVE and Jalen Smith flying around. I already, I mean, I already talked with RJ Ochoa about this on I Am the Enemy Extra. Like, I think they're the best linebacker tandem in the league. Let's just not talk about the NFC East. Ben, is there any other linebacker group that you know of off the top of your head that's better than LVE and Jalen Smith right now? Oh, man, I want to Years say... ago, it would, have, it would have been like Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, but I right, think we're Davis past is that gone. Point. I'm very tempted to say Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright from Seattle. That's a good one. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. Now... There's a chance, because both those men got to get paid, that this is our last year seeing them together. Yeah. The, the, the question there for me is, like, I don't think 
KJ Wright is as good as Jalen Smith. So it becomes a question of how much better is Bobby Wagner than Leighton Van Rush? Because right now, like if you're asking me to just objectively pick one linebacker in the league, it's either Keekley or Bobby Wagner. Right. So Wagner's better than Keekley. I'm not sure by how much. Or Wagner, yeah. excuse me, Wagner's better by than Leighton Van Rush. I'm not sure by how much. And then all of a sudden, by the end of year two, you know, there's a chance that we're talking about Van Rush really up there with those top guys, in which case, then it's the Cowboys. So I think Seattle's the only team that would push it. Uh, and I really don't know without sitting down and working through that where yeah. exactly I would land on it. Yeah, we're just sticking with two because nickel is the new base. Let's go to cornerbacks. And this is where it starts to get a little tricky. It's not tricky with cornerback one. I don't think I had Byron Jones in there. You're not trying to do left corner, right corner, right? Because some teams shadow no. and some teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we're just going like, who do you want as your starting two outside corners, regardless of side? So I went with Byron Jones. I got serious questions about cornerback two. Do you have any idea who would you who you would plug in there? I know you're not the biggest Josh Norman fan. I'm very glad you said that. I'm so happy. I love down. it when you know things. Like it makes me always like, oh, we're friends. Yeah, I'm not picking Josh Norman because Josh Norman was overrated in Carolina, overpaid, and has not been good for the Redskins the past two years. Three interceptions and 18 pass breakups combined over the last two years. That's not yeah. good numbers. That's right. average corner one ish corner two numbers. That's just a replacement, not a replacement. Just an average starter. You putting Jack Rabbit over Ronald Darby? Where are you going with it then? Yeah, I'll probably take Janoris Jenkins. Might even take Ronald Darby over Josh Norman. I don't give a hoot. Norman's not very good. Oh, I would take Darby over Norman right now. I don't care yeah, about the injuries or my, anything. Give is, me the guys the higher ceiling. Right. Uh, so it becomes <laughs> between me, Darby, and Jenkins. We haven't really talked too much about availability in terms of how much that's going to play an impact and what they're able to do. Obviously, Darby's a guy who is objectively in the NFC East. However, the amount of NFC East games he's played is not uh, <laughs> not particularly notable. Not great. Yeah, but I, I do think that the Janoris Jenkins is probably the best guy you're getting. Janoris Jenkins, very feast or famine. Uh, man coverage guy who, who you know, really just wants to match up one-on-one with guys. Sometimes he gets beat, sometimes he doesn't. Not ideal, but I think he's probably a better player than Darby right now. It'd be nice to yeah. have a full season to watch of Darby to really get a better feel for what exactly he could be over the course of a full season. We haven't gotten that in a while. The important part of the story here, Mike, is that it's not Josh Norman. I agree. As long as you keep him out, I think you're right. Let's go to the nickel corner. This is tricky because they're like, if you go to like PFF and you sort it by 50% of coverage snaps for slot coverage, you end up with a list that has Anthony Brown, Fabian Moreau, and Cravon LeBlanc. That's it. Looking God around this nickel corner situation, like we don't even know who the nickel corner for the Eagles is going to be right now. So right. it's hard to pick one of them. Is it Fabian Moreau? Is it Brown? Is it is it Jordan Lewis? Like I I I don't know where to go with this. I will one. answer your question with a question. Okay. Who are your safeties? Oh, okay. So we're gonna to move to safety first and then we're gonna talk about who we want to put in the nickel? Well, I, well here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna take three good defensive backs and say, figure it the heck out later. <laughs> and play big safety, something like that. <laughs> Listen, I've watched Malcolm Jenkins, ex-college corner. Don't know if you heard, brother, but he can go ahead and play the nickel. He can. I mean, I think yeah. I think the stat was that I put up the other day, something like 481 snaps or so. He played at either free safety or nickel. He played a ton of nickel. Like they move him around a lot. He's not just a box guy. So right. I could see and that if argument. Only there was another young defensive back in the NFC East, who has moved around from safety to corner and showed proficiency at both spots and thereby was able to provide this versatility such that we might call him a nickel, but who knows what he really is. So who is that? Who is your guy? Who are you, who are you moving around? Uh, so, okay, so I'm taking Avante Maddox in the nickel. Oh, I'm taking I like that. Malcolm Jenkins as a strong free safety? I don't know. 
I'm, I'm going Malcolm Jenkins as a strong safety. I'm putting him over Landon Collins. Right, I think he's got more thing. versatility. The other safety that I want is Landon Collins. Right. So how do you so, make that fit? <laughs> right. So a, so on non-heavy pass downs, right, on, on rundowns, I'll put Maddox high, and I'll put mm-hmm. Jenkins in the nickel, and I'll put Collins this. in the box. And on yeah. pass downs, I'll bring Maddox and Jenkins down, and I'll put Collins, I don't know, high, whatever the heck, I don't care. So, verse 12 personnel, you've got both, what, Collins and Jenkins in the box. You can go big, big nickel against 12, and then you can go, like, actual nickel with Maddox rolled down to cover the I'm just playing matchups, Mike. I'm playing matchups. You know what? I'm playing matchups, which is defensive defensive coordinator code for I don't have players who fit positions well. Uh, So, I'm going to play matchups. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to you know, we're going to adjust week to week. You know, we're going to see kind of what the offense is giving us. We're very confident in our guys. And we know we have multiple guys. We can do multiple things well. And so, you know, we want to be able to present different looks uh, against different offenses. So, yeah, we're, we're going to play yeah. matchups. Next question. Yeah, you need safeties that can do both. you got to be able to roll your safeties in today's NFL. Yeah, <laughs> so. which I would like, like this time last year, probably would have taken McLeod. Liked what McLeod did. Yeah, I had McLeod with like five question marks next to his Right, and I really like what McLeod did in the first couple weeks of the season, especially like outside of free. Like he was doing a lot of stuff like coming down into a rat as a rob or whatever. Overlapping zones. I thought he was really good at that. Like he was awesome. Yeah, so I I just don't know who McLeod is right now because we got to see a guy come back from an injury like that. So Collins, Jenkins, Maddox. I mean, like I thought a little bit about Anthony Brown because I kind of like Anthony Brown, but I yeah, don't me too. really know. Yeah, we got a hodgepodge here. Collins, Jenkins, yeah. Maddox is is. And here's is the important thing because this is easy to forget. We're talking about Landon Collins, the Washington Redskin. He's not a New York Giant anymore, right? Right. Yeah. At first, I'm, I like while I'm envisioning this team, I'm seeing him in blue. He's not in blue. He's in red and gold. But that's an important note because, and this circles back to like our on the enemy discussions, Mike. We didn't get a single Redskins offensive player. We did not get a single Giants defensive player. Mm. Do you want to know why yeah. we don't think these two teams are going to be good? Because they can't get <laughs> one out of eleven dudes onto a unit onto just a divisional team. With some serious conversations right. happening, with some serious opportunities, and yeah. that that goes that goes back to. Dallas being quite a good team, right? Dallas yep. got four players on this defense, depending on kind of what you're doing with the corners. Um, well, I guess, you know, because, okay, so Jenkins, you get a giant in on the defense. But if it's Darby, which I think is a very legitimate name, then you've got four Eagles and four Cowboys on the on the, on the the defense. And then offensively, you've got one, two, three, four, five Eagles and one, and two, three, cow- three, yep. three Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these this, these are two teams with elite players at important positions. Yep. Giants and Redskins can't hold a candle to it. Not at all. And that's kind of what we've been talking about on, on the Eye on the Enemy series with all three teams. We are done, by the way, with the NFC East with the Eye on the Enemy series. We've covered the Cowboys, Washington, New York. We've covered them all. Then we're going to start branching out to the rest of the NFC. But we did want to have this discussion and build our dream team, both offense and defense for the NFC East. Had a good time, and I'm going to write up and make my final decisions for this, hopefully very soon. I'm sure BLG would like that. May he forever rain. He is on vacation right now, waiting for BLG to return so we can start pumping out this 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 content, get BGN Radio back into your life. But we also do have a special guest coming your way tomorrow. I'm not going to make any promises because, you know, things happen, so on and so forth. But really, keep an eye on your feed tomorrow as well. We hope you enjoyed this show. Ben, would you say goodbye to the gentle gentle listeners and not mention that itunes review that i put up on twitter the other day somebody reviewed itunes and comped mike to 
from what I understand, a pornographic actor, which is great. Um, so more of those. <laughs> he said. He said I was a runner-up in a Johnny Sins look-alike contest, teaching his prepubescent son life lessons while also breaking down some Eagles yeah. film. And he spelled I thought tries it was... as in tries to teach me lessons. T R Y apostrophe S, which was my least favorite part of the review. But offensive. <laughs> I think reviews are great. Mike, you just looked at it. So are we at a thousand five stars? No. We are not yet, you gentle listeners. Cowards. How dare you? Um, please say nice things about us <laughs> on the internet. Um, you can even write mean things, <laughs> but put five stars, and iTunes doesn't even know the difference, little fools. Uh, and so if you want right. to, which most of you do, just say mean yeah. things to us. We allow for that. That's allowed. If there are five stars, if there are less than five stars, we'll report it. How dare you? Okay. Doesn't I mean it? Well, doesn't work in the system. I mean, you can't do it. It doesn't. There's only five stars. That's okay. why there are five there. It's to click five. You can't actually click less than five. If you could, they would have put less than five, but they didn't. They put five. So click five. Yeah. So thank you for listening. I'm Ben. S O L I K. That's Mike. K I S T. We are friends. We will talk. I might be on the show tomorrow. I'm not positive. But goodbye. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Bye. We all we. Are we done? Yeah. We all we got. We all we need. I'm really trying to get this iTunes to load, but I just clicked on Imagine Dragons. (laughs) Fly, Eagles, fly. That was a mistake. (laughs)